Well, it's really good to be with you guys tonight. Um, I just wanted to kind of pray right beforehand, um, just let you guys know. It's definitely just in praying that the Lord is definitely speaking, like, through me, because I know I've been scared to death all day and having to realize that, like, it's fear of man and what, kind of what I don't believe about the Lord when I'm scared of, of you guys, and I love you guys so much, and it's like, wow, how can I be scared of a group of Christian gals that love the Lord? And what is that? So I'm really excited to be with you guys tonight. So can we just pray real quick? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this evening. Thank you, Father, for who you are, for um, being such a majestic, awesome, great God, Father, who is with us always. Your faithfulness is always, always with us, Father. Um, you're always with us. Father, I just pray tonight that um, you would use me as your servant to speak your word and your truth. Father, I pray that you would open the hearts and minds of all these gals and ladies here tonight um, and let us learn and grow in you together, Father. Um, I just pray this message would glorify you in your heavenly name. Amen. All right. So tonight, we're going to be looking at the parable of the wise man builds his house upon the rock. And this when Tanner told me, asked me if I wanted to preach this um, kind of talk on this parable, I was like, um, sure, that'll be easy, cool. Like, good parable, that's, that's a good one to go with. Um, and then I read it and was like, oh, wow, I've never, ever thought about this in my life. I've always just skimmed past this super fast. Um, so last summer, I don't know how many of you guys were here last summer, but last summer we actually went through a series called the Beatitudes, or B. And that starts at the beginning, just looking at the context of where our parable is at. It starts at the beginning of the Sermon of the Mount. Um, so if you guys all want to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 5. If you've never, um, I don't know how many, how many of you guys were here last summer? Or have heard that? Yeah, quite a few of you guys. So it was a really great, great series. And this is just, um, our parable is going to take place at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. But last summer we studied what was at the very, very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. So I just kind of wanted to read those Beatitudes that we studied last summer. So Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So this right here is the very, very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. The very, very start of it. So our parable that we're going to read tonight is at the very, very end. So if you turn over to Matthew 7, that's where, where we're going to be at tonight. Um, so I'm just going to read our parable tonight, and it's actually going to start Matthew 7, 21. Let you guys all get there for a second. No, it's just a couple pages over. All right. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of, the father, of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? 
Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So this is where, this is the very, very end of Christ's Sermon on the Mount. And I find it very interesting that just in context of it, right before he gives the parable, he gives that kind of famous quotation of, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many, he says many, not just a couple of us, not just one or two, he says many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive, um, and in your name, drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you, away from me, you evildoers. And that just kind of, in reading that context of, he just got through with people sitting down in front of him, and yet he's saying, many of you are not, are not going to say that you've even known me, but you're sitting at my feet. Um, so tonight, we're really going to look at two, at two different types of people that Christ is naming in these two parables. And if I can borrow uh, Kara and Katie for just a second... How have you guys both pick one of these? All right. So both of these gals are here very, very often. Um, both really great um, in coming to church, doing, and we all know them. They look very similar in the body of Christ. But these are going to represent their hearts. We all, we all know them very, very well. We see them often. Um, they're people that come to Cross Life. They're at church. Um, we see them serving in the church. We see them doing good works. But I'm going to have both of you guys kind of lick your finger and tell me, Kara, tell me what's inside that. Salt. Okay, so, so Kara, that, that was kind of bitter, wasn't it? Katie, what's in yours? <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. All right, so just as a demonstration, Christ is talking to people that, that were in the church, that were at his feet, and those are the people that he's talking to very specifically in this parable. Um, those who hear the words of Christ, and um, so there's those two types of people. Um, there's one who hears the words of Christ and puts them into practice, and then there's those who hear the words of Christ and do not put them into practice. And both of those are looking, looking at the heart. And so I guess I wanted to do that demonstration to just kind of show um, how two things can look, two people can look so, so much alike, but yet their heart can be bitter. And we would never know because it's a heart thing, but only, only, and I'm not saying that about Kara. Kara's great and I love her a lot. That's why I used her. Um, <laughs> um, but there's, there are those two types of people, and those are specifically who Christ is talking to in this parable. So looking at the similarities between those specifically, kind of just as I said once again, um, 
both hear and know what Christ has taught. So there was a lot of people at the Sermon on the Mount, all at Christ's feet, and they all just sat there, and they listened to him very thoroughly. Um, so who's Christ talking about in this parable? He's talking about people just like you and I, who sit and know Christ, who he is. Um, so now, just in breaking down the parable a little bit more, I just want to go back to Matthew 24 and just read that again. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So I guess my first question was, what, what is the words Christ is talking about? He said, everyone who hears these words of mine. So the words are the words that he's just spoken in the Sermon on the Mount. Those are the words that he's just said. So everyone, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine. Um, so specifically, um, looking back to even just what we saw, these aren't the only words that Christ spoke whatsoever. There's the whole sermon. But blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Those are some of them. Last year we learned that blessed are the poor in spirit means blessed are those who understand that they're completely broken. They have nothing to offer Christ. It's, it's all Christ that saves us. There's nothing else whatsoever that's in us. We're completely poor, and without that blood that we just sang about, we're nothing, and it's theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So it's people that take, take that scripture and understand it and put it in, into real practice. Those are the people that he's talking about that um, hear the words. Um, so that's what the words he's talking about is. Um, next, kind of in, in that part of it, I wanted to look at what is the symbolism of the rock? So he chooses to build this foundation on the rock. Well, I, you guys could probably figure that out pretty easily. The rock is our relationship with Christ. We want to build on a f solid foundation. If we don't have a relationship with Christ, there is no, there is no foundation. We, we can't get anywhere else without a relationship with Christ. And that foundation of Christ in our relationship is, is our foundation. And so then I wanted to look at what does it mean to build on the rock? And so kind of like we'd said before, it is to hear, it's to respond, it's to act and practice obedience. But kind of to reemphasize that, I wondered if you guys could turn to James 1, 22 with me. it says do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this not forgetting what he has heard but doing it he will be blessed in what he does so this scripture is really emphasizing the, the importance of hearing what Christ is saying and then we have to act on what he's saying. Because if we merely just sit and listen to it, and I know this studying this, you guys really kind of convicted my heart more than anything on, okay, um, how often do you go to church, hear a sermon, and then go do whatever you want to? I'm like, oh, yep, 
pretty often. And instead of actually listening to it and putting it into practice. And so, just for me, I wanted to say, well, then how do I measure, like, how do I know what's a good time in the Word? And we kind of talked about this last night in our Bible study. It's like, um, when I read the Word, is it a checklist of my day? Do I have a little devotional sheet that sits in the front of my Bible, and then I check it off? At the end of the day, okay, yes, I read Matthew 1 through 5 today. Good job. Say a prayer. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm done. That was sometimes as my heart. Instead of measuring my time in the Word, not by how much I read, instead by the actions that I take, to say, what did Matthew 1 through 5 just say? How can I apply it to my life? And what do I need to come forward with? Um... So in that Bible study I just talked about, many of you guys were just there as well. It was We just got done studying um, Cardiology 101 with Julie Gossick. And um, if any of you guys have an opportunity to do that study, it's been so awesome. Um, but the study really taught us how to look at our hearts daily. And um, Proverbs 4.23 is kind of what it's based on. It says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. And how important it is that we guard our hearts against sin because if we take the foundation our relationship with Christ and we let sin break in on our foundation then what are we left with nothing and so we really want to guard our hearts um, and the Lord knows knows our hearts kind of like the demonstration with the salt and sugar only the Lord and Kara and Katie would have known what was in that and what their hearts are like. So only we and the Lord are really ever going to actually know what our hearts are like. Um, so just in a couple verses to just challenge you guys, these have really helped me in the past in thinking about what, um, how I need to do that every day to cleanse my heart is just um, Psalms 19.14 and then Psalms 51.10. Psalms 19.14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Uh, Psalms 51.10 says, Create in me, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So that our hearts are clean and so that we can fully go on in that foundation. So that's kind of what it means, it looks like, to build our, our foundation on a rock, is building that relationship with Christ and guarding our hearts with all, with all diligence. Okay, let's go to Matthew 25. So the rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, and it had its foundation on the rock. So... I guess my question when I was first reading, it's like, oh, what are the streams and the rain and streams and winds? Like, what, what is that? And I was automatically just like, well, yep, it's just trials. We all go through those, you know, okay. But no, um, they, are, they are trials. That is very true. They are, we all are going to go through, through things. Even as believers, we are all going to go through trials. And I'm sure many of you know that in here. Um, but it's ultimately judgment. If our house isn't built on a firm, solid foundation and those winds beat up against it, if, we don't, if we're not built on that solid foundation, when that, um, those winds and the rain and the storms is ultimately judgment day. 
and sad enough, if we're not built there, we're going to fall. Kind of like Christ was saying, many, many of you are going to come to me and say, you know, Lord, you know, did we not prophesy in your name? And he's going to say, away from me. I never knew you. Like, what do you mean? Um, so that really surprised me in looking at that. And the song that Tanner just brought up again, it's like, it's not, it doesn't matter how many things we do in our lives, like the work of our hands is nothing. Um, we can cry about our sins, we can do all those things, but without Christ, we, we really aren't anything. Um, for we're not saved by our good works, for rather, um, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and it is not from yours, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Jesus Christ to do good works, for God prepared in advance for us to do. And that's Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. So it's not by our works that we're saved. It's, it's, def, it's all on that relationship with Christ and him being our foundation and him being the sacrifice for our sins because without him dying for us, we wouldn't be anything. Um, and what a gift it is from God um, that Christ came and gave his word, um, our Bibles, that we could actually go forward and have that strong foundation. I mean, he gave us, Christ loved us so much that he gave us his word. It's not like he rolled out a list of instructions and said, you know, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. And it's kind of like when a mother really loves their child and they say, don't touch the stove. And they kind of yell and you're like, well, I'm sorry, mom. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to get in trouble, but it's because that mother loves that child so much that they said, don't touch the stove because I don't want you to get hurt. I want you to be safe. Christ wants us to be his children. Um, and kind of like I said before, saying that we are built on a rock doesn't mean that we're not going to go through trials. Um, 1 Peter 1, 6-9, if you guys want to turn there, you can. says in this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even through refined fire may be proved genuine and may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed though you have not seen him you love him and even though you do not see him now you believe in him and are filled with an inexperienced and glorious joy for you are receiving the goal of your faith the salvation of your souls um, so it was really interesting to read how we are going to have trials in life we're all going to go through things and yes the streams in this that it's ultimately talking about is is judgment but yet even though we are built on on a rock we are going to have those but in this it says in this you greatly rejoice sort of rejoice at those things because it is we are our House is going to get shaken up a little bit sometimes, but it is to prove that our faith is strong and that we love the Lord, and he is our goal ultimately, and we are to rely on him. All right, Matthew 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house in the sand. So who are those that built 
on the sand. I had to think about that, and it says, here it says, is like a foolish man. So the foolish are those who, those are those ones that, whose hearts are bitter. They sit before Christ. They listen to what Christ has said. They go to church every Sunday. They come to cross life. But they don't, they choose not to do, to do what he says. And Christ calls them foolish. Um, and Danya actually pointed this verse out to me in Bible study on April Fool's Day. But um, it says, The foolish says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, their deeds are vile, and there is no one who does good. Ask Danya about that joke later. It was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, there's no, they say there's no God. And they are corrupt, their deeds are vile, and there is no one who does good. That's um, how in the Psalms they refer to someone who's foolish. And I know we don't, we don't want to be that way. And we really have to stop and examine our hearts and seeing why, like, what are we doing? Like, are we striving to get to know the Lord more? Are we really doing what he says in that? All right, so Matthew 27. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So why did the house on the, cra on the sand crash? Well, ultimately, I mean, we see beach houses all the time, so there's got to be some sort of, you know, foundation on the sand, but the, in this scenario, there, it, there's not. They, that, there was no, Christ wasn't there. And without, in our lives, without Christ, we're going to fall every time. Um, and it's, because we're not being obedient. It says, um, Christ says, do these words of mine, like, do these things. That's what James was talking about. He said, don't merely just listen to the words of Christ, put them into practice and do them. And if we don't do them, well, it's like if a mother tells her child to do something and they don't do it, it's disobedience. Um, the definition of to obey is to submit to authority, to follow orders, which is sometimes kind of difficult I think it's like well we have this list of things that we can and can't do but if that's really our heart attitude we don't realize that Christ has given us these things because he loves us so much he's given us um, his word he came to earth and died for our sins so that we could someday live forever in heaven with him um and it's so cool that Christ did give us that gift of just being able to live with him. It just makes me so excited. Um, the song I can only imagine always kind of comes to my mind. It's just like, wow, like, what will I do? Will I fall to my knees when I see him? And just thinking about what glorious day that will be um, when we get to go see, see the Lord and how awesome that's going to be that day. But if we are just merely hearers of his word and we're not doing it we're going to be one of those many many and we don't want to be those we want to be those ones that are standing at his feet at the end um if you guys will turn with me to psalms 119 and just 119 one 
Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways are steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. Um, I just thought that was so cool and how it related with obedience and how, it, I mean, even in the Old Testament saying, blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Christ has given us um, instructions on how to live a life and follow him and walk as Jesus walked and how important that is that we do walk as Christ walked for he did just pay the ultimate price for our sins because there's nothing that we can do that would ever atone for any of our sins. Um, so more in closing, if you guys will turn with me to First John. All right. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Let me read that one more time. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. And it just, it's so hard to read that sometimes because it's like, Lord, I'm not perfect. I, there's no way I could ever always walk just as Christ did. I'm a sinner. But that's, that's our standard. If we don't have a relationship with Christ, in order to get into heaven, we have to be just like him. And that's impossible because we're all sinners and I'm pretty sure I messed that up when I was two or probably one. So um, how important it is that we do obey his commands and that we get to know Christ and have that relationship with, with our Savior. So for those of you that are here tonight that it's either your first time being here or you didn't grow up in the church and you don't know who Christ is or you've never heard the Gospels, um, I just want to let you guys know that this, isn't, this parable isn't specifically speaking to you guys, but you are called um, to have a relationship with the Savior. And um, there's a lot of us in this room, uh, Sarah, Ashley, Kara, Brooke, Katie, and anybody would, in here would be happy to share the gospel with you. Myself would be happy to share the gospel with you if, if you have any questions about what it means to have a relationship with Christ because it is a foundation, and when we do have that foundation, it's amazing how um, 
what our, how different our lives can be and what joy we can have from knowing that um, we stand firm in Christ and that he's our solid foundation. Um, so I do have a couple reflection questions for you guys. Um, first off, and I had to ask all of these of myself, so in studying this, there's was, there was a lot of tears and a lot of just like thinking through my life over and over again on exactly what I've done. So just in reflection, is your life built on the rock or the sand? Would your heart reflect um, the salt or the sugar? What does your life look like behind closed doors? When you're all by yourself and only the Lord would ever know what you were actually doing, like what, what does your life look like there? Do you obey what the Lord says when you're convicted about not, not lying about something? Or um, for me, not watching a movie? Like, what are you watching on Netflix by yourself in your room, Shell? Like, just because your roommates aren't there to say, you know, oh, this isn't good. Like, maybe you shouldn't be watching that. Am, am I saying, okay, good, I need to turn it off then? Am I obeying what I know is right and wrong? And then lastly, um, are you guarding your heart daily against sin? And I loved um, Julie Gossett gave such a great demonstration of this. Um, and I think it was actually somebody who told her about this demonstration, but it was a little boy in Africa. And in Africa, in order to um, have food, they, they plant these fields. Hopefully I can completely get the story right. Some of you guys already know it. But they plant the fields, and sometimes the quail come out, and they eat the seeds. So they have this little boy that sits on a rock and makes sure and kind of scares the quail away if they come. Um, and apparently one of the, the gals that Julie knows went and asked this boy, like, don't you get tired? Like, don't you get sick of sitting on that rock all day and guarding that field? And he goes, no, because he understood that if he left that field and the quail came and picked up all that seed out of that field, their family wouldn't eat that year. They, they were going to die if they didn't guard that and the importance of guarding our hearts with all guarding against sin and having that firm foundation of Christ and how important that is. Um, so I'll let you guys, I don't know if the guys are done yet. Um, it's 8.01, but um, I'll let you guys just sit and reflect on those and we can think on that. But the guys are going to come in in a little bit, but I'm going to close this in prayer real quick. Heavenly Father, how great you are to just be a God who loves us so much that you sent your only son to come and die for us. Um, that we would have eternal life and be able to spend it with you. Father, I pray for each and every one of these gals' hearts um, that they would be built on a rock and be solid and grounded with your word, Father, and doing what you say. It's so difficult, Father, in this world not to live up to the standards of other people. But, Father, I pray that we would, live to, we would reflect our lives and um, base our lives to your standards and not just the world's. Um, I thank you so much, Father, for everyone here tonight and for all that you've blessed us with. And I just praise you for who you are, for being Adonai, Father, for being majestic and holy and great and awesome in all you do and all your works. And I just praise you, Father, for who you are. In your heavenly name, amen.